Hello, and welcome to The Violet Vulture. My name is Emmy, and I'm your host. I'm a multi-passionate, multidisciplinary storyteller. I'm a death doula, witch, and an all-around too-much person. If I could distill down into a core three about what I'm all about here on the internet and IRL, it's storytelling for self-exploration and liberation, alternative wellness for the misfits and morbidly inclined among us, and honoring our shadows. But to go a little bit deeper, we cover discussing mortality, celebrating spirituality, archetypes, and artists, unpacking what horror can teach us about the human experience and our collective fears, exploring how we could better integrate those shadows, and one of my favorite topics, changing our damn mind, doing something different. A couple of announcements here. You want to keep the conversation going, you can keep up with me on Instagram at LaSoyEmmy, my website SoyEmmy.com, or you can add it to my newsletter. You can also send me voice messages through my podcast distributor, Anchor. So lots of different ways to keep in touch. I hope to keep seeing you on the internet. A couple of announcements before we get into the meat of today's episode. There is a cheeky little link to a survey that I've created that speaks to the podcast, the other offerings that I have, my writing, etc. So there will be the option if you are only a pod listener and aren't really as into the other stuff, you'd be able to kind of move along through the survey in that case, but I figured easier to have just one streamline situation as opposed to like making a separate thing for each one. Anyone who submits an entry will be entered to get a quick one card tarot reading from me. The option to either have it be a, a voice note tarot reading or a write-up. And you're more than welcome to ask any follow-up questions as well. Also available to the folks that uh, submitted entry, I will pick a random winner, uh, random two winners rather, one to win a Akashic Records reading from me and the other to receive a 45-minute tarot reading. So again, option to either get that tarot reading or Akashic Records reading. And either way, everybody who submits an entry will win a little something. So there's no harm either way. Just really looking to get that feedback in as I'm reflecting on what I'm definitely doing versus still kind of meditating on. So we're just figuring all that out. Again, not a resolution girly, just gonna see what works and what doesn't and keep on trucking along from there. That all being said, I'm super excited to introduce the, I'm super excited to have y'all listen to today's episode. Emily Blackwell is an amazing human being. I already thought she was so, so cool. And then upon getting further into the discussion we had together, there's so much that I learned. There's so much that's so exciting about her history, her worldview, how she approaches yoga, how she integrates all of these kinds of tools and ways of thinking and being into who she is and how she ultimately is so service oriented. You know, it was a real gift to have her on the podcast. And I just love to see her in action because she 
is so deeply giving in everything that she does. So without further ado, though, let's get on to today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to The Violet Vulture. Today, I have a very special guest, the first person I'm recording with in 2023. I have Emily Blackwell. Welcome, Emily. Thank you for coming onto the podcast. Thanks, Emmy. I'm so excited to be here. I'm honored that you asked. Uh, I was just admiring your podcast and how beautifully you articulate just everything that you're talking about. I'm like, wow, just amazed by you and yeah thank you for having me of course and I always feel a little bit caught off guard when people immediately compliment me when we first enter the podcast because I'm like it's too early for me to cry oh so I'm gonna (laughs) I I really appreciate that I I was just gonna say um I have your little about me pulled up I'll rattle off like your little first blurb so you're an embodiment and breathwork coach, tantric yoga instructor, mentor to new yoga teachers, self-love advocate, and your biggest fan. And I'm like, well, like, I feel like there's a lot of love around <laughs> right now because like, I feel like I'm your biggest fan. I, I owe a lot to you and that yoga historically has been not great for me. <laughs> I... I'll recount it maybe a little bit further in if it's appropriate, but I've had some times in classes where I have had not felt safe in my body. So thank you so, so much. And I, I really appreciate you also tuning into the last episode because there's so much somatic stuff that's juicy in there too. So yeah, thank you. I'm so grateful. I'm just so grateful right now. The gratitude runs both ways. Thank you for that. Um, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we got to meet. And I'm glad that my classes uh, feel safe for you because that's one of my main missions on earth and this experience of like everything that I do at the end of it, just like, you know, I can call myself this, that, and the other thing, whatever, can put a label on it. But like my mission is always to help others feel safe enough to be themselves and to like trust their inner authority and like do whatever feels best for them. And to also know that that's possible. They can be, they can find that sense of agency in themselves and as well, like um, use that safety to, again, just like feel free enough to like express themselves. And maybe, you know, in a yoga class, it's just like taking a different posture than, the te- what the teacher offers or whatever, but I'm glad that you say that. So it's landing. <laughs> I, just want, <laughs> I just want everyone to feel safe enough to be themselves and then also know that they're just deeply worthy of, of that. You know, I feel like I could ramble on about that for a little bit, but <laughs> I'm glad that that landed. <laughs> oh no, I, I love it. I, um, I know something that was really important for me that you've touched on in In a handful of your classes, I feel like it's pretty consistent. If I could boil down to like top two, there's a lot more in there. But like what's resonated with me in particular is you do bring in a lot of spiritual like seasonality 
which I really resonate with because not only does yoga for me feel like a full life death rebirth cycle, but when you really like double down and bring in the season, it just like it feels so much more like attuned, even if you don't care for the season, (laughs) as I know, like, I know you don't love being cold. (laughs) So I feel for you. Um, But I, I think that's so that's so beautiful. And I think play like you're I feel like your curiosity and your like vibrance comes through a lot with how you teach. So mm-hmm. I feel like, yeah, I really appreciate those things as well. Thank you. Thanks. Those are the things that I've experienced through, you know, teachers that I've had along the way that have just helped me to, I don't know, just feel like you have to, in order to do all those things to feel like to be ready to play to um, explore and what have you. And I don't know, I just feel like you have to be safe. Um, I'm so glad that you mentioned the spirituality and seasonality, I think is how you said it. It's like one of my favorite things in the whole world to teach. And that being because it's brought me the most peace as to within the life cycle. And so you say life death rebirth with the seasons and and the way that I've just learned it and taught it for however long is birth life death and rebirth and um, I can expand on that if you want to oh please see a little bit more okay great so and the reason I love this is because like everything in life has a life cycle like I just mentioned we have four uh, seasons in the life cycle, as I mentioned, from the way I teach it. I mean, teaches it differently, but birth, life, death, and rebirth. And in the year, we also have four seasons, spring, summer, fall, and winter. In the breath, which is something I've been geeking out now on for almost two years is breath work. For the breath, we have four parts in a breath, and they're inhale, hold, exhale, hold, the inhale you can see as birth that creation of new life new oxygen coming in that hold is that point in time where life is sustained kind of that like summer like heat pressure point energy or or when we're going through something in life that just feels like way too much the exhale is the release that fall season that letting go the leaves are dying things are shedding and at that at the bottom of the exhale it's called the retention, and that is that sacred void space, that winter space, the rebirth space that we're in right now in January in winter. It's why I, I love to teach it, and I, you know, when I was thinking about what I wanted to share on this podcast and how relevant, r- relative the date is today, just like January, we're actually one eleven, which is pretty cool, but we're in the first year of the month and something I've been teaching my classes over the past couple of weeks is not having to set resolutions. Like you mentioned in your latest podcast, which is what brought inspired this conversation. We're in the rebirth phase of the year. We're aligning with mother nature and mother nature is very wise. Mother nature does not force mother nature knows that shit happens. <laughs> Storms happen. Mother Nature knows there's always a birth, life, death, and a rebirth. And in this space of rebirth, you can see it as kind of like the dead of winter, right? And we just entered into winter 
on December 21st with the winter solstice. So we're only, what, like 21, 22 days into winter. And the idea of resolutions is just kind of wild. I'm, again, just referring back to your your episode and or your last episode. And resolutions are crazy because they, for me, I feel like it, one, implies that we have a problem we need to solve about ourselves. And we're going to do that by being super absolute about planting these seeds for inspired action or change or in like this force, force, push, push, push energy. Um, and we're trying to do that all in the dead of winter when the soil is like not fertile. And that goes for obviously Mother Earth, like nature, but also the energy in ourselves. And, you know, we'll have more support in spring when things start to you know, bubble up to the surface and the soil becomes more fertile and it's time to plant seeds of intention and goals. And I think now is a really good time to consider what that might feel like, what that might be like, a good time to pull back and reflect for the past year and then look to the future. But I geek out on that. So sorry, I just had to go on a little tangent there. Because when we go with the flow of Mother Nature, I mean, life just feels, at least for me, a little more doable. I feel like the waves from like the thunderstorms and the earthquakes and, you know, all these crazy roller coaster rides in life, like the waves don't like knock me off of my boat. At least I get to kind of stay afloat in a way. So <laughs> it's helped me a lot to learn that, um, to learn that methodology and just dive deeper into it and really just am, am trying to live it as much as I can and teach it because it brings me a lot of peace. (laughs) Something that has helped me to integrate that kind of thinking aside from that, I feel like I can embody a meditative state of mind more often by being in flow with the seasons. Like I, I ideally would love to have pockets of time where I can go into meditation or breath work a little bit longer, but that is not the flavor of my life right now. So it's like little pockets where I can. So keeping in mind, we're, we're pausing. We're not doing the most right now. It might be a little bit warmer in Chicago right now, but it's still cold. It, it's still, I'm, I'm not going out for like a, a nice walk as much as I would like to be. I, it's like, I, I, I tap out sooner. I think, um, I'm not sure if this is as relevant for you, but part of what led me to kind of going in the seasonality is that I literally was getting sick a lot by kind of going against the grain, like trying to do more. And yeah, I'm just kind of curious, like that is how being misaligned manifests for me. My body will scream it. (laughs) So just curious, like before you began to move into this kind of way of being kind of what alarm bells went off for you. Honestly, I mean, I'm just seeing so many parallels in our in our stories, too, because same, my body is so reactive. And I yeah, I again, screaming, like just intuition screaming, this isn't right. This doesn't feel right. I experienced a lot of anxiety. I experienced, I mean, a lot of it was misalignment with the seasons just not being connected. 
and also just misalignment in what I really wanted in life and what really felt like peaceful for me and doing the opposite of that or doing something different because of I thought I or had to I should had or there was a lot of you know what I mean like again going back to like the idea of setting resolutions right now it's like well should we try to force ourselves to pick up a bunch of energy and like just like thrust it out when we are like that's us kind of like starting out at 50 percent like or maybe even less just like learning a little bit more about you before we got on our call and just doing a little more background like investigator research (laughs) I just feel like like you said you're kind of an all-around too much person (laughs) and I can so relate to that Um, I've always tried to go 100 miles an hour a year or every season every year right and yeah body aches, inflammation, anxiety, depression, missed periods, acne, uh, gut problems, just not good digestion, not sleeping, whatever, just complete bodies, just like do something different. And I got into it more in my yoga teacher training or right after when I learned about Ayurveda. Have you heard of Ayurveda? I have. Yeah. I I remember taking a few a few quizzes. While you're talking, I'll look up to see what I am apparently dominant in. <laughs> oh cool. Yeah. Yeah. So but please please say more about Ayurveda. I have not talked about it on the podcast. So that would be really sure. great for people who who are also novices. I have a feeling we might have the same dominant dosha. I'm going to have you look it up. (laughs) So so just like in a nutshell, Ayurveda is a sister science of yoga. It's the world's oldest medicine, at least um, noted in the East. And it's all about bringing the body back into balance by using the energy of the elements and the wisdom of nature and the elements. So, we work with air, we work with fire, we work with earth. Each person has this, what we call a dominant dosha. And the dosha kind of determines, rather vaguely, I think it depends on varies person to person, but personality type, um, sort of, uh, what, do, what do you call it? Like um, body shape or digestion and a lot goes into it. But Basically, we're either dominant in, you know, we're dominant in one element. And so my dosha, for example, is pitta. And so I'm pitta and pitta is fire. And what happens is I'm already so always ready to go and on fire <laughs> that when I add more fire into my life, I can, it be, becomes an imbalance. And it for me, it's very reactive within my body. Like I said, I get really inflamed, like my skin, my everything just super activated also can be like kind of a hothead (laughs) like if I'm activated right so I need things in in Ayurveda through an Ayurvedic lens I need things that can help ground me and cool me down so then we turn to the other doshas and their rituals so each dosha has like a ritual for bringing it back into balance yeah, it's just, it's very seasonal. So like, for example, if I'm overbalanced or imbalanced in pitta, I need something to cool me down or ground me. I'll do more rituals for the dosha that represents more earth or the dosha that represents vata and cooling or cooling. 
So they're Vata, which is air, Pitta, which is fire, and Kapha, which is earth. And there are different rituals to stimulate each dosha. So actually right now, I have an online community platform. And within the platform, we're doing, instead of resolutions for New Year's, we're doing 31 days of Ayurveda. So a wonderful member of ours just offered to give us a 31-day kind of tentative plan of how to invite more Ayurvedic practices into our lives because our kind of like communal mantra for the month is just balance. Just like, I just want to be balanced going into 2023. I don't necessarily need anything else. I am just trying to still figure out what I've got going on here and how to level all of it off kind of thing. So what's your dosha? Uh, it's Pitta. Yes, I knew it. <laughs> the the key for me wasn't even reading like, this is what a Pitta looks like or a Pitta dominant person looks like when they're just like having a good time. It's when I read about when there's, when that person's imbalanced that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm that. <laughs> Overdrive, fire. Exactly. It's hard to cool down, but that's what this season is about, mm-hmm. right? But that's what this season is about. And like in Ayurveda, it's it's just seasonally smart. Like it's, it, you know, it's cold right now. So what should we eat? We should be eating things that are warm, that are cozy. We shouldn't be, you know, doing too many ice baths right now, right? We should be staying warm and kind of bringing ourselves back into balance in that way. So that's kind of how I got into just working with the seasons and understanding it. And then of course I started following my cycle a little bit more and I was like, oh, this is in like the, like the moon. And I was just like, oh my gosh, this is all like everything, you know, builds and releases. And I don't know, it all kind of clicked for me. One of my trips I took to Costa Rica, I was like, I went alone and I was sitting by a waterfall and I was just like listening to like earth do its thing. Like all the birds and the bugs and the trees and the waterfall was just gushing. And I had this moment of like, where I just burst into tears where I was just like, Oh my God, we like, we are mother nature. Like it was like that connection all kind of clicked and made sense. Like I knew it, but I was just, I'm getting on a, like a little tangent here, but I felt the, I was looking at the waterfall and the way that it was like gushing out in some places, right? Just like so much action and then where the water falls and then a little further down where it kind of smooths out a little bit. And then there's like pools of stagnant water here and there. And like, no matter what, everything always works itself out and is, has a moment where it's moving has a moment where it's stagnant and then it moves around and I'm just thinking this life cycle is everywhere. It's like omnipresent. That's such a gorgeous image you just gave me. And it kind of made me think of what I've been kind of coming back to in the cold season. Uh, you did allude to before we hopped on and hit record that of the radical wintering archetypes, you feel like you're a snowbird I I am a little bit in a snowbird era and I don't want to say I blame but just because the timing worked out we picked um mid-March of last year to go to LA for the first time and my my husband had been to California Northern California I had never been had no idea what to expect uh I just knew that well I'm going to be in desert it'll be dry 
I don't have to worry about my mold allergy. This is going to be, it'll be a good time at the very least. And yeah, just, we were hiking and I realized I made a mistake later on. The hike felt really hard and it's because it was the route for horses, not for humans. (laughs) (laughs) And I just said like, well, just add a little asterisk for like Sagittarius suns are also included because <laughs> I, I survived it anyway. Um, but I just remember like getting to the top of that, of that um, trail and just letting the sun pour over me in a way that just felt like Ugh. everything stagnant was shaking off. And oh yeah. It just felt like like sweating and I was like in it, but then it didn't feel like sometimes when I feel like we assign value to sweat sometimes like, oh, good sweat, bad sweat. It like, it doesn't matter what it is because the earth is going to receive it right now because it could handle it. It, Mm -hmm. it just felt like this is what it means to be alive. Like I am really, I'm so blessed to be a part of all this right now. And it just, yeah, it just felt so good. And yeah, then we eventually made our way back down after I realized, like, <laughs> this is where it's for the horses. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, I love that though. Thank you for sharing that. That that rings so resonant to me too. Because that's, yeah, I never really appreciated nature going up, and I I don't know. I'm from North Carolina, and I was around it all the time, and then. You know, I, I found Costa Rica, fell in love with it over there and, and then came here and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I just, I lack in mother nature so much here in the city. And so my body like actually like viscerally craves to be like in the jungle and to be around all that aliveness. Cause it, it's so, it's such a wonderful reminder of like, oh my gosh, like we live and we breathe and like things are crazy, but they work themselves out and, oh yeah, I, I could feel that sun on my skin as you were describing your moment. I'm like, that feels so good. <laughs> yeah, a similar thing. Um, again, I need to continue to work on my inflammation before even thinking about going back to Puerto Rico, because if I'm worried about Chicago mold, the island probably won't do me any favors. Oh, my. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's why, That's true. it's why I would love to go to Costa Rica, but I'm like, let me, oh. let me wait. <laughs> Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. no. There's definitely a lot of mold. Right. 100%. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> There's no sugarcoating that. Yeah. Yeah. But one of my I am slowly making little goals like, oh, if I want these kinds of experiences again, I should work on this thing. So it's less about mm. how can I fix myself and how can I move toward experiencing something again with a new with my new body because it's ever going to go back a hundred percent maybe it could but every day we have a clean slate and we can work on something and the ebb and flow is fine like one of the cards i drew from my wise animal body oracle deck was ebb and we're so hard on ourselves when we're in the ebb phase because we think things aren't moving or like we know that that spring is going to be coming, but we feel like we'll be stuck in winter forever. <laughs> that, that, that static feeling, that stagnant energy rather. But 
just because you don't feel it doesn't mean it isn't happening. It's about how can you Mm. be kinder to yourself so then you can ease into that. So then when you flow, you really can enjoy that flow. So I feel like, you know, talking a bit about like resolutions, I don't make any. (laughs) This doesn't work for me. Um, But I think that's been a big piece is like, how can I be kinder to my body? Because if I want to have these experiences, I have to make different choices that are ultimately about nourishing my body in ways that I am not doing right now. It's not about how can I make Mm -hmm. myself a different person to like fit a mold. It's about like, how can I, I'd like to enjoy the Garfield Park Conservatory without being masked. Like that is a goal. (laughs) Like, yeah. Like how can I have these experiences while being able to be fully in it or even the adjusted version? So I think that's kind of my compromise because otherwise like it's so easy to feel come February, like, what did I do? And, you know, a lot of us are still doing a lot. We're, we're doing too much, I think. I think we should mm-hmm. have <laughs> we should have this time off <laughs> and then we should have, like, the hottest point in the summer off because it's too cold to be out and it's too hot to be thinking. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you can relate to this, but if I could just be a creative all day, every day and somehow have all my bills paid, I mean, we would be flowing, you know, there would be, I don't know. I mean, maybe some ebbs would come up, but I feel like we'd be flowing. It was just, that's a funny thought I had earlier today. I was just like, I have so many post-it notes around my office and like so many ideas that just as a creative person, just getting this flood of like, (laughs) and uh, yeah. So I think we should have all the seasons off if we could. (laughs) Ideally. Yes. When it comes down to it, there is no dream job for me. The, the dream is to do everything that I'm doing and to not have to worry about healthcare. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, that's all we really need in life, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm very, I've become more and more simple and I feel like, like I'm 32 now. I feel like my filter continues to evaporate because I'd rather just say what I mean and what do I really need? For sure. Like, I want good, clean food. And when I say clean, not like a health thing, like literally like pesticide free. Right. Like I am gluten free because who knows what we're doing to our grains. Otherwise, I would love bread bread that crunches. (laughs) Right. Not what the GF stuff does. But, you know, these like tweaks that we make. Um, But... I I am curious, like with you growing up in North Carolina, is that kind of what helped inspire leading retreats or did you go on one and you're like, this is the thing I'm also doing? Oh, yeah. Okay. So I'll try to make this short. Um, So it's kind of all, it all happened. Like becoming a yoga teacher was never something that I thought I was going to do. Facilitating breath. I never thought about it. Running retreats. I just never thought about it before. Growing up in North Carolina, in a nutshell, I had a really hard time growing up. I got into drugs and alcohol really early, and then I got clean really early too, though. So that was great. Um, I went from 180 degrees to the next, and I went from like super not give a crap about anything in life 
to giving way too many craps about my body, what I was eating. I've struggled with, you know, disordered eating before and body dysmorphia and all this stuff. This is a, you know, while ago, long, many years ago. But um, yoga and I found yoga in Costa Rica, those two together, like, saved me. So once I got clean, um, young 20s, I got really into fitness and um, dieting and counting calories and getting shredded and, you know, protein, <laughs> like all that stuff. And of course, I value I value nutrients. I do. I later studied as an integrative nutrition coach. So I, uh, I have a really healthy relationship with food now, which I'm super grateful for. But I think I give thanks to that and to my journey to yoga to Costa Rica. Um, so I actually studied, I went back to school, I studied Spanish in college, and I majored in Spanish. And when I graduated, I was like, oh, I, well, I really want to go immerse myself in a Spanish speaking country just because I'm pretty good, but I want to be better. And I picked randomly on a map, stuck my finger on it, Costa Rica. I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, at the time, I was still uh, running like eight miles a day. I was going to the gym twice a day. I was counting every bite of food that went into my mouth. And um, my body was literally giving out on me. And I, But I was as skinny as I could be. I was just like, oh, this is my best self, you know? So I went to Costa Rica. I <laughs> complete culture shock right away. I found myself uh, woofing in on this in this eco lodge called Rancho Marco, and in the eco lodge they offered yoga two times a day. And in addition to yoga two times a day, we also had a farm. Um, it was a sustainable ranch, so everything was run off of like cow manure. And um, as a volunteer. So I got a, I did a volunteer program there. I worked six hours a day. I worked sometimes with the maids, sometimes with the uh, with in the kitchen, sometimes in the garden with the animals, and sometimes teaching English to kids. And all the while, I was learning um, Spanish as well, just refining my skills. And and so in addition to in addition to yoga. I was learning what it meant to live a holistic lifestyle, like eat, live from the earth. And we planted things and watched them grow. And then I would eat them. <laughs> it's like, this is amazing. Um, and right away, as soon as I got there, I was just like, this is good for me, though. This is good for me. Like, this feels like I feel like relaxed about food right now. I don't feel like super on edge. So they had they all so that was like a whole thing, and then of course they had yoga, and the first yoga class I took, the the teacher was reading a poem or something, I can't remember exactly what it was, but it, we were in child's pose, and this was like one of the first yoga classes I ever took. We were in child's pose, and of course I was like, I gotta get in there because it's exercise, you know. <laughs> in child's pose. She drops something, just this like wisdom comes through. And for the first time in my life, I landed in my body. And I was just like, whoa. Hold on. I have a heart. I have breath. I have blood. I have this. This is my body. Like, and I just felt like so just embodied in, my, in myself for the first time, like, in my whole life. 
and I, I don't know. It just like as soon as it like as soon as I dropped in, I was like, this is this is it. This is what I'm supposed to do. And like I feel like this is my path. And the teacher was amazing. She she had actually just like finished studying with a bunch of like Buddhist monks and she learned a bunch of chants. And so like the my first couple experiences with yoga was just like learning how to chant and learning mantras and mudras and all that like very mystical, mysterious stuff and just felt that trip just felt overwhelmingly peaceful but also like not overwhelming at all. It was just like I had dropped back into myself. Whereas like for so long, I feel like I was just, I didn't know who I was at that point in time. So that's kind of what inspired me to run retreats because once I had that experience, I was just like, (laughs) you mean this is a thing people do? Like people like do this like, magic work and they do it in places like this like (laughs) count me in I've never been a cold weather person Um, I've lived in Chicago for over five years and I've hated every winter and I'm not I'm not going to lie I will not sugarcoat that I try okay I try but I knew moving to Chicago that running retreats is what I wanted to do because I had already had that experience and so I was like okay, well, you know, if Chicago works out, I could run retreats in the winter. And so that's always been my plan. And uh, obviously, um, I had worked with like a really awesome business coach, yoga teacher, woman, like my role model at the time who was like running retreats in Costa Rica and living like in the States, whatever. And uh, she coached me on how to run retreats. She gave me like the templates, the formats. She gave me all like the marketing and, you know, the messaging and all that stuff. And she was like, this is how you do it. And I'm like, cool. We stopped working together in March 2020. Pandemic. (laughs) So, which it all worked out. I mean, it's all working out the way it's supposed to. I I don't really think it could ever be any other way. It it couldn't, right? I just, how? How could it? Um, And so, yeah, here we are. And it's... It's about bringing people to the place that changed my life and continues to, like, I could cry thinking about it. It just, it brings me to a place myself, like, or just reminds me of that just liveness and that transformation is possible and peace is possible. It's just the best. I love it so much. <laughs> and I get so, like, we went in September. Uh, I hosted a retreat in September. And to watch people have similar experiences, it's just, like, so um, in awe, so curious about Mother Nature. It really does spark our curiosity. And, um, you know, we go on tours and ask tour guide questions and we're kind of playing in this way, right? Just like with nature. And it's it's just the it's just grand. <laughs> yeah, I a few things that come up immediately. One, I do want to express so much gratitude for that vulnerable share in the beginning. And I have absolutely had that era myself <laughs> where I I 
worked out too much. And I too had an orthorexia phase before we had a name for that kind of disordered eating. And it was so normalized because again, I think we're only now developing better ways of talking about our relationships to food and to nutrition and, Mm. and everything. You know, I think I am so glad that yoga helped you to realize that you can be easeful, that Costa Rica helped you see that, that food is right here. You grow it, you eat it, you feel replenished. I, it, mm-hmm. it sounds like what you ultimately were able to feel wasn't that like everything was perfect, but that there was ease, that like you were taken care of, you could be present, you and your body, like we're here right now. Mm -hmm. And like that soul coming back into your body feeling like, I think that's what gets all of us hooked on yoga, like some version of that, like, Ooh, what happened to me? Right. And we just want more of it. I I think that's so cool about yoga. Me too. I just, it's the best, isn't it? (laughs) I love it so much. Um, And it's so, it goes so deep too so deep and I just want to you know mention too like I I'm sorry if um I should have said trigger warning and I apologize I'll, I'll include it in the notes that we talk about some stuff yeah yeah okay cool perfect yeah. um so also like I mean you mentioned like earlier you wanting what you what you need to like feel healthy like eating clean food and like that changed my complete like my, my whole perspective on what that meant you know like right no pesticides like no added hormones no added anything like can't it just be food like isn't that can't that be what I consume just food just the thing that it is so um yeah it 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 was it did make things feel a lot more easeful for me and not saying that life is easy because it's not (laughs) but I'm always reminded um that you know, things have a beginning, they have a moment in time where they're sustained, they eventually die off, and then they transform. So I teach that a lot because we can go through, we can be feeling so many things like emotions, um, anxiety, stress, depression, you know, whatever it is, overwhelm, um, the need to make a resolution and then have panic about it because it doesn't actually feel right in your body. And that's probably because you're more aligned with mother nature than you think. Um, but having those moments of like, ah, like those full moments, kind of like full moon and then notice remembering that it's always going to pass at some point in time. We're not definitely never stuck. Like you said before. Yeah. Yeah, And the, the other piece that I loved about kind of you realizing that, not only is this a great experience, but people do this. I could also do this. I I think that's so cool because as you were talking about what people experience, what they see, I, I just got this sense of this helped to heal me and awaken something in me. Like I can't wait to give that to somebody else. It I think that's it. That I, I feel like you really honed in on a gift. And you receiving it for the first time is what helped you come to terms with like, this is so life-giving to me. This could be for other people too. So I love hearing stories or accounts of people who go through this experience. They 
don't recognize themselves on the other side of it. And then it's like the way that I frame it when it comes to like death doula work, my shadow work is I went through a lot of bullshit. It has to have been for something. And the louder I can be about what happened to me, maybe someone down the block will realize like, oh shit, it's not just me. And then they can begin their path to liberation as well. So I, I absolutely adore that because, yeah, right. I feel like um, when I've gone to class, I'll hear people talk to you about like retreat experiences. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. Like you've built community doing that too. Yeah. It's really cool what happens on a retreat. I mean, um, also, thank you. Thank you for saying that. Uh, I feel too very aligned um, with what I'm supposed to be doing through retreats and teaching yoga and the one-on-one mentorships that I have. It's it's really cool um, to do. I mean, I should have nothing to complain about ever. It's, I mean, I know that's not you know real because we're human and but um but yeah I'm really grateful that it worked out and then as you know it's not easy (laughs) to to do to work in the things that you love it's it's really tough but you you do it because you're meant to do it and I really do feel that way um and the the community that we build in a retreat in any retreat usually if it's facilitated well and if it's a safely curated environment, which is huge for me because um, I try to be as inclusive as humanly possible in classes um, for all and all reasons. And I just, I love seeing the leaning into safety, the leaning into trust, leaning into community happen on retreats and it's like when we when we come on a retreat or when we're going on a retreat we are going to meet a, several people that we probably don't know have never met before um or maybe we have and just never hung out with them who knows but one of the things that happens on retreats is that we have that opportunity to kind of leave all of our shit at the door and or take it in with us and let it be released or let it be seen. And um, I'm big into shadow work. I, you gotta have it. (laughs) You know, you gotta have it. If you don't, it just, it doesn't, it doesn't work out that way. You gotta have it. And um, one of the things that we, you know, study in Tantra is uh, the, the balance of that light and dark and the dance of Shiva and Shakti and um, the way they bob and weave together. And, you know, sometimes one leads and sometimes the other does, but it's just a place where we can come to be exactly who we are in that moment. And you don't have all, you don't have all these preconceived notions of all these people know me and they're judging me and they think that this is happening because of that and because they know that this happened and they know my ex-boyfriend or whoever then that and, and all that shit. Um, so I don't know, just, you can come as you are and we have like, you know, connection facilitating activities to get really vulnerable, always have the option to not, but 
I, as inclusive as I try to be and, and trauma aware um, and informed, I also know that, um, and this is something that's been coming to me recently over the past few months is I actually like have, I, I kind of have a responsibility. I feel sometimes to encourage people to step outside of their comfort zones and to instead of being yes I understand we might be afraid to speak out loud because this happened to us at some point in time but we got to break through that you know so these are opportunities to do that to be like okay I'm actually feel safe around these people Uh, we've been doing some activities together we've been leaning into the discomfort and I feel finally ready to kind of like speak out and you know a lot of times it's really cathartic it's very emotional Um, it they are like retreats are super transformative if you allow them to be if you really lean into it and um yeah I just I hope as well to just inspire others to facilitate like that freedom that inner freedom and to be to align with their truth to live their truth right I know that's something that you're really about and uh yeah it's important it's important because when we don't live our truth we hold on to a lot of things that aren't ours and we're kind of wishing and hoping and waiting and it causes this misalignment and this disruption in the self and gotta gotta let it out we gotta be true and honest about who we are so that's really like you unplug from regular everyday life and the buzz and the chatter and all that noise and you plug yourself into yourself in mother nature with people who came for some sort of healing probably not exactly what you came for but in some way you know that they're they took a chance on themselves and they they want to try something new and different explore new parts of themselves I don't know you just you can it just makes it more doable I feel like to have that realization I like that reframe because it it's taken me some time to come around to not necessarily stopping the comparison game, but not getting so hung up on whether or not my body can do certain things or if people are talking about things openly and I'm not there yet, it doesn't mean anything. It could mean alternatively, maybe their vulnerability or the fact that they have been able to cultivate a practice for this long means that if that's a if that's something that I want to explore in yoga, that's also for me too. Like I am I have historically been afraid of inversions. <laughs> I think it's my very dominant, like earth dominant natal chart. <laughs> There's like a pile up in Capricorn that I feel like it helps, but then sometimes I'm like, just leave, let me live my best life. But yeah, there's like this like fear of going upside down. And it's like, what if going upside down was like play or was an experiment or any other thing that I could try? Yoga in this kind of context can help you just try something and you'll surprise yourself with what you end up with. Yeah, sure. Or you could just be like, you know what? <laughs> and just be like, and just and keep going like you know like exactly yeah, yeah well maybe i still won't that's okay right <laughs> more more often than not i have just done the the l thing 
and like you could put your leg up. I'm like, just one leg. <laughs> just one for now. Yeah. But that's yeah, that's that, that's it. Here's here's what I think. I feel like you you know, you're 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 a human being, so you probably turn yourself upside down in a lot of different ways. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um have you so I don't need to do it in my body right now. <laughs> right, exactly. I have a funny story about that. So uh for my thirtieth birthday. Uh, my partner and I went to Lago Atitlan in Guatemala and it's this beautiful lake surrounded by crazy volcanoes and just like so it's a spiritual vortex it's definitely an energy vortex it's a wild place to be my whole the whole time I was there I felt my body was vibrating it was really crazy uh, but anyways they have this like big this is a big lake and then they have the, what they call the trampoline and it's just like this platform that you jump off into the but it's really high and um, we went and then um, my partner likes like extreme stuff like that. And so like he got up there and he was like, yeah, I actually did this in high school. So bye. See you later. And he's just like, you. And I was like, oh, my God. And so I like, got up, you know, I got up to the edge and I'm like shaking and I'm like, I don't think that I I don't think that I should do this. You know, like I don't feel like I should do this. I'm scared. And I didn't do it the first day. We went back on my 30th birthday. I'm like, it's my 30th birthday. I got to do this, you know? And I walk up there and I act like I'm going to go. And I said for an hour, I went back and forth and like not my finest moment, but I was like, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. I ended up not. And I was like, you know what? Wasn't for me. Okay. I took, a, I take a lot of leaps in life and uh, that's not the one. So if getting upside down is something you want to do, but scares you that's one thing but if it's just like not something you ever want to do then just like you know <laughs> no i that that sounds like that's also another visceral thing like i can see you teetering back and forth like oh. you know what i'm just not someone who jumps and that's okay <laughs> i jump into a lot of things so right. no i i love that yeah. i i have two more questions before we wrap up yeah, One sure. being, um, I know we talked about this a little bit with kind of your your shift into kind of where you where you are now. Something that I find curious, and you even touched on it a little bit a few minutes back. Um, it could be so hard when you're stuck in some way where you're not able to discern am I trying to embody this because it's me or am I embodying this because it belongs to somebody else and their expectations? Would you be open to talking about the time where you realize that you were holding on to something that like, that had you, had you wondering maybe like months, years later, like, what am I doing this for? Like, who is this even for? It's not for me. Yeah, for sure. Um, there's several things that come to mind. Um, one big one being, um, I was married for, oh, was that what you were speaking about? Oh, I, I did not know you were married. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So, um, so, okay. So re rewind a little bit to, um, so I was married and rewind back to the first time I went to Costa Rica where I found yoga, where I found holistic healing and living like mother nature. I also found my ex-husband <laughs> and um, he's an amazing guy. We are on great terms, fabulous person from Costa Rica. Um, but it was just something that we kind of jumped into. So <laughs> see, there are the jumps. <laughs> 
something we jumped into and we tried to work. We were in like our mid to early 20s and we yeah we we did like this long distance thing for a while it is like felt like okay I was like whatever but right away I became both of us kind of became attached to this fantasy world that we had created like instantly we're like okay like he's from Costa Rica I just learned how to you know I just learned yoga I'm gonna take my yoga teacher training I'm gonna run retreats he's you know he's like a tour guide right cool awesome so we're gonna work that out he's like great this like American chick is here like I've always wanted to go and like you know try to figure some stuff out over there and make business and blah 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 this and that like okay great so we kind of this was like our main reason for sticking together and we were married for three years but we were only really like we only really lived together for about a year and a half because the other rest of our relationship was long distance and back and forth and yeah it just wasn't working out and he ended up moving to Chicago we got married on one of his trips here he moved back to Chicago and like as soon as he got here and like bless him because like it's, this is not the place for a jungle guy like you know and it just did not work for him and I held on to a lot of guilt around that for a really long time because I felt bad I was like well we just did this because we actually were building this marriage on a house of cards you moved to Chicago and like shit started falling apart in our relationship really really quickly but we held on for a really long time and so that is like one of the times when my body was just like complete like responding and like just really fighting itself and that's when I actually got into Ayurveda uh, even deeper uh, because I had this is such imbalance of like fire intense and tr- stress and frustration of like and I knew for so long when we were married and him too I'm sure that it wasn't right like and I knew like the whole time I was and we were just weren't really compatible and so the whole time I was thinking like like I, this isn't right. This doesn't feel good in my body. I feel tense. My throat is tight. I had my, my skin was responding really negatively. Um, I was stressed all the time and I was really not, I was studying yoga, but I was not really like living its principles because I was living, in, I was living outside of my truth. And in yoga, we practice satya, which is truth. It's one of the yamas. And when we're not being truthful with who we are and what we need and what we desire, we fight ourselves and we get, we become really angry at ourselves and we shame ourselves and we guilt ourselves and we hold ourselves back and we treat ourselves like absolute shit. And so that's where I was. And this is why so much of my work now is geared towards like helping others cultivate this like unconditional unwavering radical self-love no matter where they've been what they've done where they're at because we deserve that peace um so yeah so we ended up (laughs) we stayed married for too long um we ended up getting separated he went back um I stayed here and I just started healing I started getting into breath work and um, I did like my first holotropic breathing uh, session at a random festival and it just had a crazy breakthrough this was actually before he left and that was like the moment where I was like okay I know exactly what I have to do and I have to do this otherwise I'm never going to be well so we ended our relationship and then I got deeper into breath work and, st- and somatic healing and started doing a lot of shaking and sighing and kundalini and 
um, using my body in a different way because at that point like yoga was not enough and so my body was going through this like full-on release of like releasing everything that I even like past identities I had about myself too because like now when I feel like I speak about my history and like where I've come from I feel like it's kind of an old story you know and so I was shaking those old stories off too and yoga I mean yoga helped me through it I have this one book that's called the path of yoga sutras it's by an author named Nikolai Bachman and it was like my my bible (laughs) at the time like I was going deeper and deeper into the philosophy and really spending in this is like you know right before the pandemic in winter I spent the whole winter by myself like hibernating at home with my dog single as could be just but like solo as could be and getting deeper and deeper in the philosophy and the mysticism behind yoga and it the tantrika and it all just like kind of I don't know I I healed a lot in that season and had I never let go of that I don't know I don't know I don't know how that would be but yeah I just started to I really wanted to embody yoga not just the shapes but like what it means to live like as a yogi in today's modern world obviously but yeah and so that's that's kind of how I started releasing a lot of stuff and then I and then I became inspired to just like start this virtual business that I have and uh, this journey to entrepreneurship and have a podcast too it's definitely not as organized as this one but it's it started off as like this very um candid like just like needed to like I think you wrote in one of your episode like uh show notes was like this like stream of consciousy that's kind of what all my episodes were at the at the first like in the first like little chapter of them but yeah and it's crazy actually you can go back and see when I was when I was in this in that marriage, my uh, disordered eating was just volatile. It was absolutely terrible. And my body was just falling apart. <laughs> and um, you can see, actually, if you go way back in my podcast, um, where like I was still doing, I was doing health coaching and I hadn't yet realized that I had an eating disorder. And then through my uh, program, we talked talked on eating disorders and I was like oh my god oh my god this has been my whole life and again with the yoga philosophy coming in like for the save like it's like it's okay you know um releasing guilt shame um ostracizing and like just shaming myself for who I once was and maybe even if I'm not in a good place today who I am today and Uh, This is like just really the path of Tantra is freedom through unconditional self-love and personal empowerment and um, never rejecting any part of who we are, even who we've been, if we've not been proud of that, just honoring and acknowledging like at some point in time, whatever I was doing made me feel safe in that way. So that's why I did it. And thank you, you know, ego, but we don't really like need that anymore Thank you for sharing that particular experience. And I think it's just so beautiful what you stated that at some point in time, what I was doing made me feel safe. I 
I think a lot of us have found ourselves contorting in these uncomfortable ways to try to make relationships work because it feels like it should be working, but a lot of alarm bells are ringing that it definitely isn't. So I really appreciate you sharing that because it's so easy to start feeling down on ourselves for not having made different choices sooner. So thank you. I just, I really value you and your wisdom and insight. I I am so grateful for the podcast. Um, A friend of mine who also has a podcast says uh, in their self-deprecating way, I, I have a podcast because it's an excuse to get cool people to talk to me. <laughs> and I like, I'm like, no, I like, it's, it's a, it's a yes. And <laughs> like, I, I don't feel dissimilar, but it, it's such a beautiful way of having these kinds of conversations because otherwise, like when else does we, do these things come up? For sure. Yeah. So my final question, I ask everybody who comes on the podcast, aside from like, how, how can people find you, all that jazz, is what is something that people never ask you about that you wish they had more curiosity around, whether it be love, your past, just like your favorite kombucha and anything under the sun? Mm. Um. Hmm, that's a tough one. What is something that I wish people asked me more about? What's the second part of the question? But doesn't come up. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't like small talk, Emmy, as you can tell. <laughs> I'm like <laughs> uh, I am sorry if this has been a word vomit. Um it's just oh, no. okay. Um I like when people ask me stuff like deep stuff, like ask me about self-worth, ask me about, you know, how our worth plays a role in everything that we do. You know, if we don't feel that we're worthy of peace, we're not going to give ourselves that. And ask me about, (sighs) I don't know, ask me about worth, ask me about, safety ask me about um sacred rage sacred rage is something i need to talk more about in 2023 yeah yeah that could be a whole workshop and i'd sign up for it oh my god (laughs) i should i totally should Yeah. yeah yeah with that um tantra tantra has been even deeper into yoga philosophy, just like Tantra is even like pre-yoga. It's just so, it feels like arriving at home. Like anytime you, like for me, anytime I read like the text or like learn a new concept or something, it's all about that like unconditional, unwavering self-love. It's radical. It's so radical. There's a lot of quirky practices about it, but I love to be asked about it because then I get to dive deeper into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Thank you. Yeah. And now I know what to ask you about the next time. <laughs> too, so we can keep the conversation going. Yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, thank you again so much for sharing your time, your mindset, your energy. And please let the people know where where they can find you, keep up with you, the like stuff you have going on. For sure. Thank you for this. Thank you. Well, I'm easily searchable. You just put my name in plus yoga. So Emily Blackwell Yoga in Google and you'll find me. So if you're not a social media person, that's just my email, emilyblackwellyoga@gmail.com. You can contact me through my website. Um, and I have coming up, as we mentioned, I've got a couple of retreats in Costa Rica in February. And uh, we'll have more coming. I love that place. So definitely plan on going back. And um, well, there will be for sure one in the fall. Uh, I have a newsletter, which you can sign up for on my Instagram or on my website. And I have a new um, virtual community membership platform, which I started in November, which has been a long time coming, but um, came at the right time. I When I decided I wanted to run retreats, I decided I also wanted to have a virtual platform where I could share all this um, healing and yoga magic with everyone. And, um, it's it's really cool. We do like live breathing and yoga sessions in there. We'll do Q&A workshop. We have uh, an on-demand library full of practices uh, in addition to like journal prompts. And I guess I should mention too that every shift in season, I run a free virtual program called the Sacred Shift Series. So my membership is called the Sacred Space. But before my membership ever came um, to life, really, uh, I started a Sacred Shift series, which is every shift in season, an opportunity to align with the energy and the qualities of Mother Nature. So we started with the summer solstice in 2020, and we've been going ever since. So we just finished the winter solstice, and within that, you get a um, meditation. It's usually about the life cycle. <laughs> you get journal prompts. Um breath work. And now that I have this community space and opportunity to connect with a community that's doing it, uh, it's never on social media. It's like a email and like membership only thing now, because, but you can get into it for free. Um, and my reason is for that is because social media is just like, we have enough of it already. And um, I find the shift in season to be such a really grand opportunity to dive deep within ourselves and to kind of put that other stuff away for a while. And um, basically what I do is I provide all the tools and the practices, and then it's like a self-led ceremony um, for the warmer and more like active seasons, like spring and summer, we offer um, to do 108 sun salutations, which is known as a yoga mala. Uh, it's a sacred practice that's done in like big milestones, mile markers. Um, but in the cooler months, I offer a little more gentle practices. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't even <laughs> think to mention that earlier. But uh, yeah, that's kind of how all this stuff got started. So Instagram, website, Costa Rica. I also teach here in Chicago. I teach at Zen Yoga Garage and at Lakeshore Sport and Fitness. So I'm there for now. And um yeah, I'm so grateful to be here, and I thank you all for tuning in and listening, and for Emmy for having me. I feel like we could totally 
do this again. And I just really appreciate the opportunity to to talk to somebody as witchy and magical and um, really wise. And I don't know, I just, I love your energy. I'm so happy that we met. So thank you. It's an honor. That's all for today's episode, everyone. If you're listening in an Apple podcast and you like what you heard, please leave a written five-star review. If you're tuning in on other platforms like Spotify, please still give us a five-star rating. It really helps the podcast. And if you've been listening for a while and you haven't done so already, subscribe. And please do share this episode with even one person that you think would benefit from today's topics on The Violet Vulture. Again, you can keep up with me on Instagram at LaSoyEmmy, my website, SoyEmmy.com, or you can add it to my newsletter. I hope to keep seeing you on the internet. That's all for today, friends. Thank you for tuning in to The Violet Vulture. Bye for now.